0: You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. If you haven't gotten a free Blueprint MCAT account, what are you waiting for? What's going on? How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing well. What can I help you with?
1: Sure. Um, So right now I'm kind of getting applications wrapped up to apply this cycle. Um, and so I definitely had some questions, a few concerns to kind of discuss with you. Um, one of the, the kind of the biggest thing, I guess I'll kind of summarize and say, I, I just uh, finished my spring semester for my master's program. Um, I'm here, uh, I went to Pitt for undergrad and I'm doing my master's in bio, a biomedical master's program here through Pitt Med. Um, and that was for the year and I'm in a summer class right now and I'll be graduating officially in August. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of decided to go that route because the undergrad GPA just wasn't there. Um, And I definitely wanted to take like a pretty heavy science course load and guess prove myself through this, uh, through this venue. Um, But my biggest issue has always been with the MCAT Mm-hmm. Um I took it recently this year um in April for the third time and still just cannot seem to hit the score that I want to hit to break that 510 um
0: Okay what are you scoring
1: I got a 506
0: Okay and why are you it, shooting for a 510
1: Um I was just thinking that that is kind of a good area to fall into to be a competitive applicant. Um, I don't. I don't know. Again, I mean, I know that you can have a range mm-hmm. with every school. Um, I mean, it's a good increase from my last exam, which was a lot. It was a lot worse. It was a five hundred one. Um, so it's a good jump. Which that's the one part I'm happy about. But it was very defeating because I studied for it full time while as a student. Um, also while doing research, just had a lot going on, but I dedicated a lot to it this time. And mm-hmm. my like practice full lengths were all well above five ten. So it's kind of just, I, I think when I sit down on test day, I don't know what happens, but it's obviously not what I expected. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so I'll go ahead.
0: No, I keep, keep going.
1: Oh, okay. So, uh, with that being said that, Obviously wasn't what I was uh, anticipating to open up a few weeks ago, huge letdown, but I'm kind of wondering, you know, should I really focus on that as much as I am right now? I'm hundred percent still wanting to apply this cycle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I finished with the 4.0 with both, both semesters. So I did really well in my master's program. You know, I'm doing research here at uh, the vascular medicine Institute and looking to get hired full-time for the next year which is great. So I know I have these, these experiences under my belt. I have the grades now with this master's, hopefully making up for undergrad. Mm -hmm. Again, that's another thing I did want to ask you is, you know, does that kind of quote unquote fix that undergrad GPA of doing well in a program like this. And so that's my one question. And my other main question is, is a retake, is this going to be worth it for this cycle with the MCAT? Because of course, if I score lower by, you know, if I have another slip up, that's terrible. Um, if I don't score any higher, it doesn't make a difference. And I just don't want my applications to be delayed. Yeah. Cause I've read on a lot of school websites that, hey, if you're expecting a future score to come in, we're not gonna review your application until that comes in. So correct. That's my dilemma.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean you're you're in the same dilemma as a lot of students of like, uh-oh, I didn't do exactly as well as I expected to or wanted to. Um and what do you do, right? At least you're at a 506 and not a 496, right? I think there's a, a drastic change there, a drastic difference. Um, you said you you improved over your second score, which was a 501, so you went up five points, which is great. Uh, still disappointing from where you wanted to be, and that and that sucks, and it's like, okay, now what? And so you, you have two options. Uh, option one is you just press forward and do as well as you can do, with your essays and your interview prep and cross your fingers you get an interview invite. Uh, Option two is you sit down and restudy for the MCAT and take it again. But the big question there is what are you gonna do differently? Right At the end of the day, what are you gonna do differently that the last several months of what you said full-time prep didn't let you do? Or is it not necessarily the prep and more kind of a psychological aspect of, I need, I need some test anxiety help. Um, And, and unfortunately what I see is that as students take the test more and more and more, right. You're, you just finished your third test. Now you're going to be on your fourth one. If you decide to take it again, you build it up to be this monster in your head of like, I have to do well this time. I have to do well this time as, as like, it's, it's the end of the road for you, which it's not, obviously you have seven times you can take the test, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on, uh, kind of what side you're on. Uh, but, but typically what I see is the stress just increases every single test. It doesn't get better. And Mm -hmm. so if stress and test anxiety is a big part of the reason you're not scoring as well as you hope to, that, that doesn't improve unless, like I said, you, you go and get some help. Right there, there are psychiatrists and psychologists out there who specialize in in test anxiety, and so right. that's one potential option. Now, again, the question is: Are you going to be ready to do that? Like, go find a therapist, go work through that stuff, and and be ready to take the test in June or July? Right, we're recording this; it's near the end of May now. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you going to be ready in a month to potentially retake? The answer is probably no.
1: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: so could you take the test in July? You could, but does it delay your application even more? It does. Could you take it in August, September? You could, right? At the end of the day, it's just a risk-benefit equation. And so mm-hmm. the the longer that you wait to take the MCAT, the worse your chances are, especially with these rolling admission schools that, that are reviewing applications, kind of first come, first serve, and they're going to sit on your application because you have a pending MCAT score. That will hurt you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The average... MCAT for all AMCAS schools is a five eleven point nine with a standard deviation of I think five point seven. Don't quote me on mm-hmm. that. I, I forget the exact number. Right. So, um, if you look at the the I said average the the yeah the average not median the average the mean is is five eleven point nine standard deviation. Right. So fifty percent of the of kind of Everyone is doing better than that 511.9, but 34%, right? just the way the standard deviation curves work that, Mm -hmm. that negative one standard deviation below, right? Standard one standard deviation below the average is about 34%. 34% of those people are around a 505, 506, which is right around where you are. Mm -hmm. And so why not you? right? Do you have other stuff in your application that could potentially help you stand out in other ways? Uh, The journey that you've specifically been on, the experiences that you've had, the obstacles you've overcome, the perseverance you've shown, whatever, right? All, All of the stuff that goes into an application. At the end of the day, though, It's it's an impossible equation for you to try to figure out on the front end to go, well, if I carry the one and divide by two and what's the square root and right, it's like, oh, my chances, you you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, you just have to make a gut decision. Should I apply? Should I not apply? Mm -hmm. And that gut decision is just based off of, you know what? My MCAT score is a little bit weaker. My undergrad GPA is a little bit weaker. I crushed my master's let's hope right here's to mm-hmm. them looking at my master's degree which is your your second question or one of your questions is how are they going to take that into account right? right and the answer is you don't know <laughs> unfortunately no, you I just don't know that. you don't know and it and it it is on on both hands uh, eternally frustrating and mm-hmm. eternally hopeful because there are schools out there that will forgive you for your undergraduate GPA and and really judge you based on your master's GPA. Mm-hmm. The problem, the frustrating part is you just don't know what schools will do that. And so you're kind of sitting there making this estimated gamble going, you know what? I'm just going to put my heart and soul out there, put my wallet out there, unfortunately, as part of it, mm-hmm. right? Right and and apply to schools where i think i'm going to be a great fit for their mission, they're going to really resonate with the the things that i've done, with who i am, with what i want to accomplish. And you mm-hmm. cross your fingers and and you just you just go. Right. So at the end of the day it truly is just standing on the edge of the cliff going do i want to jump? Do i not want to jump? Mm-hmm. And and ultimately it comes down to time and money. Those are really right. the only two factors for all of this, is time and money. Mhm. I wish money wasn't the factor in it, right? I wish just applying to medical school was just super easy, click a button and you didn't have to pay for it. But it's right. a big part of it. So you're you're obviously paying for the MCAT stuff if that's a part of the equation. You're paying for all the primary applications. You're paying for the secondary applications. You're paying potentially for travel, for interviews if we get to that point and for schools that aren't virtual still.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and so the question ultimately is, do you want to put in the time and money and effort to apply, knowing that your application is on the weaker side in terms of stats, right? And all we're talking about right now is stats, which is one of the things I hate about this process, is just talking about stats because mm-hmm. there are so many other factors that go into this. But right. that that's a big part of this process is number one, you have to prove you're academically capable. GPA, MCAT score, unfortunately, is a part of that for for many schools. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot to think about. Um, I really appreciate all, all of that because I kind of was thinking about it a little bit the same way and like kind of doing a little self reflection here. I mean, going into this third retake, I felt very confident in my knowledge. Um, like I said, you know, with every practice exam I was taking, getting pretty good scores. So uh, I, I really don't think it was a gap in my studying. I, I can confidently say that. Uh, the night before, though, you know, having taken this twice, I think I kind of have a little bit of trauma with this experience, to be honest, because it just taking it twice, not getting a good score. Uh, that was always ingrained in my brain. And even the night before this third retake, I think I got maybe two hours of sleep because I couldn't <laughs> get to sleep. Jeez, I wonder what um, happened. Yeah. Um, so that didn't help, but like you said, it's, uh, it was, it was a it's, lot
0: more detrimental than it didn't help.
1: Yeah, of course. For, of course. I think now in hindsight, um, so now it's like, well, it is more of a testing anxiety situation. I think that holds me back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know if it's worth, you know, in even just a few weeks, these schools can be looking at hundreds of thousands more applications and, not hundreds, but thousands. Yeah. So it's like, is it worth putting myself, delaying myself more even for like a no guarantee on a better score, essentially? Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. And, um
0: and and like I can't tell you what to do, right? That's the frustrating part of this process. I can just like being a doctor, I can I can give you all the pros and cons and risks and benefits, and ultimately as the patient, you have to make the decision for yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this, then this, you, I know you can, you can't, you know, make that decision for me. If I were to go and say, let me give this one more shot. Would you say, do this as soon as possible? Like June, in, in terms of
0: the MCAT taking yeah. it again. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, again, it's, it's risk benefit. The, the benefit of taking it sooner is that your score comes in sooner. Your application is complete sooner. Medical schools will review it sooner. The risk is that you're not going to be ready sooner. Right, and then right. and then what it shows to the medical schools is poor judgment. Yeah, <laughs> and there's risk. <laughs> there's risk there. But like, why'd you take it so quickly? And you got the same score.
1: Right. That's that's my uh, one worry. So I guess, like like you said, maybe I'll make a little pros and cons sheet even at this yeah. point. But
0: yeah. Um. So so let me let me lay it out for you. Right. If you were to visualize going through this process you got your score, you're not going to change that right now. You go through this process, you don't get in. What does that look like for you in terms of going uh-oh. All right, I'll I'll take the MCAT again next year and I'll apply again next year.
1: To be completely honest, um horrible. Why? Just because of you know, I graduated undergrad in, two, in 21. Uh I realize that I'm still quite young, but I feel like uh, that's what it's like from an outside perspective. But when you're actually in this and working towards it, it's it feels like a lot more time is passing than it actually is just because of the commitment. You know, I've, it's been two years now, but I didn't anticipate doing a master's, but through like an application advisor, he said, you know, without this, don't even bother applying hmm. um, without doing a post bacc or a master's. So that's why I did this. And so that was another year and another lots of Huge money. Huge <laughs> money. Yeah. Huge money cuz I'm also out of state. But um so I mean it it would just be like probably the worst case scenario. But even if that were to happen, I think I've come to terms with that's a possibility for any applicant of course. So yeah. I know that.
0: Why why is that I, worst case scenario? Uh just
1: time
0: I, I I want you to hard. I want you to check that that logic there. Is that worst case scenario or is that just a bummer?
1: I guess it's more of a bummer. Yeah. Um, cause I do get another shot. I guess I said that only because of, uh, man, I have to do this all over again. Mm. Um, but I do know that, you know, if, when I, in this lab that I'm in, it's, it's a lot of great research that I'm interested in. And the head of the lab, he, I know he would be open to me staying two years instead of just one. So there is somewhere for me to be mm. in that sense. And to get, he said, you know, if you do stay here that long, we'll, we'll get you on publications. We'll do all this. So I know if that were to happen, I, d- I do already have a stronger application that second round, if that ends up being the case, but hopefully not. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> what else?
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's always kind of in like a life or death situation, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, it's, and not- it's, not. it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's, and, and honestly, right, obviously, I'm older and wiser, (laughs) whatever, right? I I was in your shoes. I didn't get into med school, right? Hopefully you won't be in my shoes of not getting in. Hopefully you do get in. But when I applied to medical school my first time, because I had to apply twice, that rejection was hard, right? And, And I was in a similar situation. Of course, I was much more naive to the whole process. I didn't understand how important the MCAT was. I I had good grades, so that was never a concern for me, undergrad-wise. But my MCAT score was the equivalent of a 502 today. And so, my MCAT score wasn't super strong. Uh, I didn't have great experiences. I didn't understand the whole process of clinical experience and shadowing and all that stuff. And I still got two interviews somehow, (laughs) somehow. Um, And when I was rejected from both schools, it, it felt like I was being, Hey, like I was being told you, you can't be a doctor, but that wasn't what they were saying. they're just saying, you got some stuff to work on, come back. Mm-hmm. Right. And ultimately I worked on those things. I asked the right questions and, and I got into med school the second time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a bummer, right. That I had to wait and get delayed. And, but, I also met my wife the first day of med school uh, orientation, and so I'm glad I didn't get into med school the first time around, right? Uh, so obviously, there's there's uh, there's all kinds of other fun stuff that happens with delays, and 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 I think one of the biggest issues that that I've been trying to help students understand, I hate the 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 thought process of how we give up our 20s for medicine, right? Yeah. I think it's a complete crock of crap. Like we don't give up anything. We are living life while we're going through medical school, right? You are living life as you are going through this process of figuring out what to do and going through the application process. You are making decisions that yes, are different than other people who are getting married and having kids and going and buying their first house and all this other stuff. Obviously that's your decision and you're still living life. You can still have fun if you want to have fun. And so I I, I hate this idea that the destination is the goal, versus every single day working towards your ultimate dream of obviously becoming a physician and and taking care of patients. Like all of that is success. All right. of that is is living into this process. And so, um, part of part of the struggle, I think, that many students have, and and maybe you as well, is is thinking that. Your, your dreams are being delayed because of this. When they're not, they're just, you're living the dream every single day. It's just your, what you're doing is just a little bit different because you're not in med school yet or you may not get into med school in this cycle. And that's okay. You just keep living your life and, and adjusting as needed.
1: Right. Now that, that's a, I didn't ever look at it that way. Um, it's refreshing to hear that take from someone who has gone through it all and talked to so many different people, and all sorts of situations. I think that definitely has, is the reason for a lot of the background stress and for my mentality on how, you know, this could play out. Um, so I, so I, do really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, think, think about it.
0: Like I, I'm 43 years old as we're recording this. I started med school at 25. Do you think my life would look a lot different if I started med school at 24?
1: Likely
0: not. Probably not, right? Am I waking up every day going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I wasted a whole year when I was 24 and I didn't get into med school until I was 25." Right? I <laughs> deferred a year. I could have started med school at 24. I deferred a year. I got in to start when I was 24, and then I oh. went to the med school and said, "Hey, I don't want to come this year. <laughs> Can I come next wow. year?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." Uh, they had some questions first, but um, <laughs> they they allowed me to defer, and and so. it's it's just perspective right at the end of the day it's all perspective Uh, obviously i'm older so i understand looking back 20 years i'm like it doesn't make a difference at all right Mm -hmm. but when you're looking at 120th of your life and i'm looking at or 122nd or 23rd or 24th of your life and i'm looking at 143rd of my life like it's it's much smaller. <laughs> it's just right. it doesn't make as big of a, a difference. It just feels like it does when you're younger.
1: Right. right. No, you're, you're very, you're right. I, and I think I used to have a fear of like, you know, I, I'm kind of getting left behind here while everyone else is moving on, but I've, I've kind of gotten past that as well. Okay. And you know, whoever chooses to stay will stay and yeah. who doesn't. Yeah. And, and,
0: and let me like, uh, obviously, um I know nothing about you personally and what your aspirations are um or or anything like that but I'm I'm assuming a lot of uh, of women have uh potential questions about fertility and having babies and life and all of that stuff and those if those are aspirations for you as well that you don't have to delay any of that right that's also a very common stress for women is I can't have babies until I'm out of med school. I can't have babies until I'm out of residency. Like, says who? <laughs> there's, right, there's no right. rules any there. So, so a lot of that is is added stress that you're putting on yourself now that just doesn't need to be there, right? Life planning stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, that that's very true. And um, I know our our time is kind of wrapping up here. So uh, I guess as a more con- concluding question, more so. Now that we've kind of gotten through that MCAT, and I guess from what I gathered, it's a, it's just kind of a personal decision weighing both pros and cons. Uh, aside from that, I am 100% ready to apply this cycle. I have gotten everything ready. And I think, you know, would you say that with this master's underway, with, you know, I did take a lot of heavy science courses, and a lot of them were uh, taught at, like, what they were telling us would be a first-year level which, which I'm happy to get that exposure to mm-hmm. uh, so doing well there. And I, I do, I'm confident about my experiences, like clinically shadowing volunteer wise. And then now with this research under my belt, um, would you say that's still a relatively strong uh, application in spite of this MCAT setback?
0: Strong application is completely subjective to the, the admissions committee reviewing it. Right. There will be admissions committees out there that don't care that you got a 4.0 in your master's program.
1: Right. Right. Because that's my thing is I know students, you know, they can get rejected for that issue specifically. Hey, your grades were lower. So go do a program. Yep. But once you already do that program, what more can you do to fix that issue of myself who messed up six years ago? Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. What's your undergrad GPA?
1: Uh. 3.39.
0: Okay. So it's not horrible, right? It's not like a no. two six.
1: No, no. I don't okay. know if I gave that impression. To yeah. me, of course, it's not good compared to other students in medicine. But yeah, so. Yeah.
0: It, it can't that. hurt you. Your master's can't hurt you. The mm-hmm. question will be, will it help you at all of the schools that you're applying to? The answer is probably not, but you won't know. Right. Unfortunately,
1: so you, again, I guess this is more of a concrete question here to apply within what's realistic.
0: Define realistic.
1: Um, you know, looking at school, I'm applying do as well, not just MD. Okay. By the way, but I guess uh, averages wise or class profile wise, do I fall really short of that, or am I still? Yeah. That?
0: So, so my general stance. Go, go listen to pre-midyears.com four three seven. 37. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, episode four four 437 of the pre-med years. It's how to build the ultimate med school list or something like that. Mm-hmm. Stats to me are not part of the equation.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what they kind of made it seem like it was in this program, part of the equation more than I thought it would be. A little.
0: What do you um, mean? Say that. Um, I mean, I was confused that.
1: initially. Um, cause they, when they first, we had a separate class just for applications and prepping for, you know, med school. And one of the sessions was about, you know, choosing your school list. And one of the things they emphasized was that GPA. And I kind of confused me a little bit cause I heard differing opinions on, do I uh, look at schools keeping this graduate GPA in mind, or do I still keep the undergrad GPA in mind or do I combine yeah. both of them?
0: Yeah. And, and, and that's the problem, right? If you were to look at the MSAR, the MSAR, as far as I know, doesn't include graduate stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how how are you supposed to make decisions using the MSAR when when you don't fit into that mold? And that's that's my problem using stats to apply to med school is mm-hmm. your your final number that they're showing there doesn't have any story behind it, it doesn't have trends, it doesn't have any sort of just life <laughs> life in there. And so mm-hmm. your 339 could be uh, three, three, nine with an incredible upward trend, which you do have, it just happens to be master's level courses. It could be a three, three, nine with a terrible downward trend. And that tells a completely different story. And med schools aren't making decisions based on that final number they're making. They, they may be filtering based on that final number, right. but they're not making decisions based on that final number, mm-hmm. right? Past filtering. And so your three through nine probably will get you through most filters, Then they're going to look at everything a little bit more closely and see what's going on. And then, again, the question is, are they going to use your master's or not to to help sway in one decision in terms of your academic ability? And we just don't know.
1: So just a lot of variability with everything here.
0: Yeah. And so my general stance on this is, number one, you don't know the rules of the game, Mm -hmm. right? So don't try to play the game. The oh, right. only thing that you can do is do as well as you've done so far in terms of your masters. The only thing that you can control is is when you submit your application, how well your essays kind of portray the story that you want to portray and and get those secondaries in and write those as to the best of your ability and prepare for interviews to the best of your ability and 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 go crush those interviews. That's the only thing in your control. Right. So that's so what you should focus on. That.
1: And not so much what's going to happen in a few months from now. Exactly. Understood. Thank you. That uh, that definitely adds insight. Uh, I do wish you could tell me do it or don't do it, but I know you can't. No one I'm talking.
0: Do it. It's only time and money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Or or even with the MCAT, like sign up or don't sign up. But I don't know. I guess it is a little bit more of a gut feeling there, where I don't think. Right now, I don't know if I'm willing to take the risk, but of that delay, because I yeah. would, would you say that a delay is a significant factor to consider? Yeah. Okay. Because in my mind, I'm like, is it going to make much of a difference if it's two months? But it seems like it would. It could
0: make much of a difference in terms of
1: of hurting my application, hurting
0: your application versus making a difference two months of getting a better score. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can get a better score, if you were to take the test, again, it's end of May, end of July, uh, end of July is two months, your MCAT score coming in in August being complete in August, like, that's not the end of the world. If you got a 515 versus a 506, I mean, that's a huge difference to your application. Right. The question is, can you do that? Now, if you right. delay your application and you only get a 508 compared to a 506, mm-hmm. does that really help?
1: Yeah, right.
0: that That's the equation you have to work out in your head.
1: Exactly. I, I understand. Um, just the last question here then, if I do indicate that I'm on a double uh, AMC or I am I'm sorry, that I'm going to send a future score in and I kind of decide not to uh, Are they still going to, can you update that later on and say, I'm no longer taking this test? You can. Okay. All right. Well, that might be a better way to go about it then and see how I feel. Sign up, maybe just choose a date. And if it's not feeling like it's going to make a big difference and cancel.
0: (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Good luck.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you a lot for the, for this. It it helped. Good. I really appreciate it. Yep.
0: Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre Med QA. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.